You were never out of the fight. You were created for a time such as this. And you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom. To go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ. To be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seeking Excellence Podcast. My name is Nathan Crankfield. I am your host, as you know. And with me today, I'm very excited to have a very, very dear friend of mine, Miss Josie Coleman. Josie, how are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, on coffee number two, we're on here. We work through our technical difficulties. We're, we're just having a great, great day. Two. It's a great day for, for spiritual endurance, you know. Yes. Uh, which is one of our favorite topics to talk about. And I want to point out that coffee number two of probably 12 for you today. If <laughs> yeah, I'm always jacked up on coffee, early riser, got to get going, you know, just too much to do in the day. That's right. In some ways, you're like a forced morning person. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, like, I love the mornings, like waking up early. You're just like, I just need 11 cups of coffee. It's fine. <laughs> you have like a yeah, mild heart attack exactly. every morning, but... Aside from that, yeah, living a pretty healthy lifestyle, so that's good. We all have our, we all have our, you know, our weaknesses or whatever, our, uh, the things that we need that Coffee we is have mine. less of. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, Josie, it's great to have you with us today, um, and would love for you to just be able to introduce yourself a little bit, tell a little bit about your background story. You know, I know we were uh, another like beautifully birthed quarantine friendship, you know, like just came out of quarantine, created in quarantine, uh, which was yeah. awesome. I had uh, shout out to Mike Solomon, tennis coach at Belmont Abbey College, who sent me yeah. a bunch of stuff and was like, this, this girl's the female Nathan Crankfield. You got to keep her <laughs> out, you know? And I was just like, wow, that's like, that's big time, you know, for him. Bold, I know he thinks highly of me. Right. So he's coming in strong. Um, no, yeah, it was funny. Um, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying is, yeah, funny uh, friendship born out of quarantine off the gram, like it's it, through, right. through email, like, and then we just discover all these connections. So it's just funny how like the Holy Spirit like brings people together in the Catholic circle. I'm just like, you know what, this is what the good things of the internet do. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, Coach Mike put, put me on uh, to beautiful depths. And then I was, yeah, reading your stuff, listening to you, and I was like, this is awesome. And then we started talking and realized that you are the younger sister of one of my favorite ever to be at Mount Seminary, you know, seminarians, which is amazing. JP, who is one of like three men in my life that I'll ever say like actually gave me buckets and was just genuinely a better basketball player than me. So 
uh, <laughs> it was a pretty big, pretty big thing to make that connection as well. But would you just talk a little bit about, you know, your life, winning national championships, winning rings, you know, like being great at everything. Uh, like, <laughs> tell, us, tell us all about that. Yeah, so I am Josie Coleman. As Nathan said, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, I am the sixth child in a family of seven. So I have five older brothers and a little sister um, and two wonderful parents, cradle Catholics, raised us in the faith. Um, and I always like to tell people like I was kind of born into the truth. I was very blessed to um, just been gifted with my Catholic faith and never really doubted it because I just like knew it just made sense. It was the truth. I grew up like knew right and wrong. Um, and just had my siblings as great examples. I always say being the sixth child in a big family uh, makes things a lot easier when your older siblings, you just look up to them and just like, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, so my older siblings definitely like made it a lot easier for me and just like wonderful role models um, spiritually, but then also like athletically. Um, so they all played collegiate basketball and even my little sister played collegiate basketball. Um, and then I played tennis. So for some reason, like I did not get the basketball gene. Do not challenge me to one-on-one, -on -one, but. Um, Which I have I, done. I, yeah, yeah, Nathan has done I that. had to win I something, yeah. beat him in horse, but That's anyways. Right. Mind-blowing. <laughs> um, yeah, mind-blowing. Um, but yeah, so just had the example of my siblings and parents growing up, and um, I would say, like, while I knew right from wrong, you know, at some point, like, as a cradle Catholics, you have to make the transition of faith being intellectual to it being like a personal living relationship with Christ. Um, and I would say like in high school and then college that that really happened uh, for me where the faith really became my own. And I developed that just like personal relationship with Jesus um, and just through like different challenges. Cause I really think, you know, when we, we have suffering in our lives, we have the choice to like turn to Christ or turn away from him. And I really, um, really leaned into my faith during, during challenging times. Um, but I guess like backing up a little bit. Um, so yeah, so grew up in that kind of environment, like great faith family, great, like athletic family. Um, and, you know, I played tennis and at the age of 11, like I decided that I wanted to be a professional tennis player. Um, like that was my goal. That was my dream. Um, and I'm very goal oriented. So I was like, you know, as an 11 year old, I'm going to do everything I can to be a pro tennis player. So that's it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's it. Um, so I, um, kind of like devoted my, like all my teen years to that. I was homeschooled in high school so I could travel, play national, international tournaments. Um, and eventually, um, went to the university of Florida to play tennis go there Gators. because go Gators. That is right. Um, cause they had one of the best tennis programs in the nation and I knew could help develop me into like a good professional player. So went on to play there um, and great, great experience, got really involved in the Catholic Gators campus ministry, which is so solid um, and awesome. just de developed some of my best friends who challenged me to grow deeper and just, yeah, it was just a very formative four years, uh, spiritually, personally, um, athletically, all of that. Um, I'm just so grateful because even like during that time, like my teammates and I had great experiences and as you said, Nathan, I was blessed to win a national championship my junior year. Heck yeah. 
Yeah, which Big was some, something I'll never forget. Um, and, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, but just like the the athletic experiences at Florida um, really enabled me to um, really, I don't know, just went through a lot of ups and downs, but really yeah. formed me um, into who I was. Uh, so I graduated in 2018 from Florida and then started pursuing my professional tennis career, which was always my dream. Um, but as I, you know, was growing deeper in the faith and um, realizing, you know, I have to pursue God's will over my own. And even though like, this is something that I really wanted that I've always wanted for the last like 10, 12 years of my life, like it's been my dream. Um, my prayer to the Lord was like, God, yeah, like this is what I want. I don't know what else to do because like this is what I've always wanted to do. Um, but if, you want something else for me, like show me, you know, or like mm -hmm. open up a different door. So I started pursuing a professional tennis career and gave him permission to reroute me if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, and it's funny when you pray like prayers like that, <laughs> God, God can yeah. do crazy things. Dangerous. So, yeah, it's dangerous. dangerous. So be ready for him to act. Um, Cause I only played about six months before um, I just had such a lack of peace, even though I was um, traveling the world, like playing great, like having so much Crushing fun. It. Yeah, like living the living the life I like wanted or I thought I wanted for a long um, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like God gave me my dream, and real I realized like, oh, this actually doesn't fill me up, you know. Um, yeah. And I just felt like he was calling me to do more to serve him in a deeper capacity. Because like I said in the beginning, you know, I was kind of born into the truth. I kind of lived in this Catholic bubble with my family and like formed right. very well. Um, and then when I went to college, just realizing that like, wow, um, most people, the large majority were not formed the way I was we're not blessed in the ways I was and so because I was blessed in this way like I have a responsibility and duty and call to 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 share my faith and to evangelize those around right. me and to like get myself to heaven and but bring as many people as I can I mean by God's grace obviously I party. can't get myself to, to heaven only God can bring me there but um <laughs> my sorry soul but um <laughs> yeah so um so yeah so Amazing. I yeah again like at that point where I had a lack of peace um about professional tennis I just opened you know the door for God to work and said I'll apply to jobs at Catholic institutions and God like if you want me to walk away from tennis like drop a job into my lap then he Go did Irish. that um yeah go Irish. I went, I was up at the university of Notre Dame working for like a, a year, year and a half. Um, but then recently just moved back to Florida, um, and took a job at a parish here where I am the co-director of discipleship and evangelization. So starting up there, like youth ministry and also like young adult ministry for, um, adults in their twenties and thirties. So I'm yeah, super Love enjoying it. just like I have no idea where what God has to stand, but like yeah. that's okay and it's beautiful and like sure. I think the best part of like following God's will is like not knowing because you get to be surprised by all the amazing things Jesus has in store for you. So that's that's who I am. That's where I am. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, no, such a good tale. I appreciate you. Uh, just yeah going through all that stuff in such good detail it's awesome i think it's such a cool story you know to transition from yeah just the dream job the dream life 
And I always love, you know, like every time I hear your story, it just so much reminds me of what mine was like, you know, because I think I was yeah. 10 when I decided I wanted to go be in the military. I wanted to be on a SWAT team. Like I wanted to go military yeah. SWAT team was always the, always the dream, but I had felt, I had fallen in love with evangelization ministry work when I was in college. And so like yeah. I did my thing for four years and just kind of, you know, was kind of like at my peak, like a year and a half into the army. It was kind of like, I don't think this is going to fill my cup, you know, <laughs> I don't yeah. think this is going to do it for me, you know? And so it, it was a great experience. And I think it's cool. You know, we both have like cool background stories and, and I mean, your story is incredible. Like your resume's baller. Yeah. Uh, you destroyed me in ping pong more than anybody's ever ever done which is cool close match it's not in hard to do by the way okay okay <laughs> i feel like that was a little uncalled for you know like we gotta keep morale high as we're, as we're recording someone's this. gotta humble you on the podcast hey, amen i had never <laughs> in my life come across somebody who beat me so badly in so many different things as we did that week I'll tell you what, yeah, my self-image, you know, Josie Coleman is not a self-image builder uh, when it comes to if you're going to compete with her, especially as a man. Uh, it does not, it's not going to leave you feeling better. It's not anything that you do wrong. I don't think like there's any sin involved. You know, it wasn't pride. You're not really a huge trash talker. Uh, but yeah, it was brutal. There's some brutal defeats that took place on the tennis court that weekend. Uh, and also, yeah, on the ping pong table. And nearly in horse, which would have just completely shattered my life. We wouldn't be here in Seeking Excellence at this point had I lost you in horse that day. So uh, praise the Lord for a little bit of victory, you know? That's uh, right. Yeah, but I think it's incredible, you know, and you're, you're the reason why I, I try to get you involved with as many Seeking Excellence things as possible is because you're good at everything you do, right? And that's like the goal of Seeking Excellence is to help people to do that. So I really want to talk about that today. And yeah. uh, what we're going to discuss today, our, our kind of like theme or topic is talking about this, this article that we read recently that was talking about Christians and winning mm. and what it means to win as a Christian and what, you know, like what our approach towards winning should be. And so, you know, the two of us are very competitive people um, mm. <laughs> in, in pretty much every, every realm of our lives. And so yeah, I guess, what was, what was your approach when you were kind of in school, just kind of get us kicked off? Like, what was your approach in school of, like, why you wanted to win? Like, what, what, where did that deep-seated desire to win come from? Gosh, um, as far as, like, where it initially stemmed from, uh, I think just growing up with five older brothers, to be honest. <laughs> Um, yeah, like everything naturally became a competition. Uh, so I, you just wanted to compete and there's just something in that competition that like makes you better. Um, but my my parents always instilled in us this sense of like, if you're going to do something, like do it to the best of your ability, like give it everything you got. Like you don't do things halfway. Um, so like, even if you lose, like, that's fine. As long as you're giving like 110%, you know? Um, so that was that was the mentality I brought to everything. It was just like hard work. Um, and so, yeah, like it, it pays off. Um, but then as you know, you grow older, you realize, like, I remember my dad always said this to me and my siblings, uh, for me in tennis, but he's like, if you ever start playing for any other reason than to glorify God, like I want you to stop. Um, so he always like, that was always in our minds. Like we should be playing for something more than just winning. 
Um, but obviously we want to win. We work hard. We put a lot of time and effort into it and God's calling us to use our abilities, um, to the best that we can. So we should be trying to win. Um, but then again, just recognizing that like, okay, winning's not the end all be all, um, but we should do our best too. Right. And that's one of the things that I think the, the article kind of gets wrong is that, you know, a lot, a lot of what it was stating is that it's like unhealthy to, to desire to win or like, Christ mm-hmm. didn't die for us to be winners, you know? And I yeah. think that that's, that's kind of what it misses is there's a very healthy mindset to it of just like giving your best, which is, which is scripturally based, you know, and just like mm-hmm. trying to be your best in everything that you do. And you can't, one, one of the big things we talk about is how when you start to turn up your discipline and your fitness, so you turn up your discipline in your prayer life, that that discipline bleeds over into other areas of your life. Yeah. In a similar way, when you turn down your discipline, because you're afraid of being too good or winning or whatever, you know what I mean? You're not giving your best. That also bleeds over. Like mediocrity spreads the same way that excellence spreads. And so yeah. we have to be afraid, you know, not, not afraid, but cautious of how do we approach our schoolwork and our athletics and all these things, you know, like, sure. Some things can just be hobbies. I personally don't understand, you know, when people will say, especially when I'm playing a sport that I care about, like basketball, of, oh, we're just playing for fun. We're not keeping score. <laughs> Uh, yeah, don't get those people. <laughs> yeah, people were like, "Oh no, it's just fun to play." I'm like, "No, winning is the fun part. Like, this, <laughs> like this, this is actively not fun. Like, I'm exhausted. You know, like my lungs hurt. Like my hips. I'm getting old. You know, so like my hips and back and stuff. I played soccer on Sunday with a bunch of young adults in Cincinnati. Uh huh. And legit, it wasn't even the next day. Like that afternoon, I, I kid you not. Like people think I'm exaggerating when I like talk about like my hips and things like that. They just are are bad. That I think are a result of my like, flat feet. You know. But yeah. like three hours after we finished playing, like I literally had to like hug the wall to walk from my couch to the bathroom. Like I had to take Motrin to go to mass that night just to be able to like walk like somewhat normally to just cause I hadn't played, I hadn't done that much sprinting, yeah. cutting, you know what I mean? Like in so long, I don't do that with my body. So, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little heavy right now. I'm a little hefty. So like running around sprinting like that for two hours, just kicked, just destroyed me. Right. But I'm like, you know, even when you play something like that, I'm just like, but like, my like first question always is like, so what do we play it to? <laughs> you know, like what's the, what's the goal here? And I think that it's representative of people wanting to have just, you know, just happiness and just like, just to kind of like be a good person. There's no goal. There's no direction, which is like, can be fun for a time, like warming up and just like shooting around is fun. Sure. But like, eventually like we have to have a goal and like we can unify as a team and it's more fun when we're unified yeah. as a team, when there is a goal and there is a purpose and there is, an outcome to be desired, you know, we can like push ourselves towards that. I think that's so important. Yeah, no, something you just hit on was like the goals. Um, uh, Cause it's like, what are we working towards? Like you're gonna push yourself a lot right. more if you have a goal in sight that you're trying to hit rather than just be like, oh, like I'll try my best. Like, okay, you can try your best to a certain point, but then if you have a goal, you're gonna go above and beyond that. Like you're gonna push past your limits. Right. Um, and the same is true in the spiritual life in the sense that like, if we're just living this life, trying to, you know, be a good person, quote unquote, you know, and, um, but like, what is our goal? Okay. Our goal is heaven. Um, what are, you know, Christ shows us how to get there. Are we doing everything we can like going above and beyond? Because that is our goal every day. We're reminded of that. Or are we just like, oh, you know, I'll try to be a good person today, you know, Um, because then you're just going to settle for mediocrity. Um, And 
that's not acceptable. <laughs> exactly. And one of the ways like, it, and you know, I think we can give a, a million examples of ways that it transitions, but just one that just kind of came to my mind is like recently we relaunched Seeking Excellence. I don't know when we're going to publish this podcast, but yeah. as of now, it's been like 33 days, right? Since we relaunched everything. Yeah. And the reason why I want people like you on, on, you know, to be involved and to just be, yeah. you know, having conversations with you guys is because one of the first things that kind of like after a couple of weeks, we like relaunched and we knew that our launch was our goal and like was the intent. After that, like everybody's kind of like, okay, Nate, like, what are we doing now? You know what I mean? Like, what's the purpose? What's the goal? What are we working towards? And it took me some time to really think that through and clarify that. But if I had had a bunch of people who were kind of in that mindset of just kind of, oh, we just drift along and we just float along. And like, there's no point in having like a mission or a goal or, you know what I mean? Be focused on anything. Then yeah, you like it's like well, how do you, like, I think that sometimes we we get too comfortable thinking that whatever God wants to happen will just happen, and we're not supposed to plan or hope or goal or you know set goals or dream or anything like that. We're like yeah, we just have to like sit back and just be passive. While and, and the thing that's crazy about that to me is that the rest of the world's being very active. You know what mm. I mean? Like you look out there and you see like the evil forces in the world that are rallying people, setting goals of tearing down America and like yeah 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 vandalizing churches like they have strategies goals and intent and even mm-hmm. if our goal is just a simple thing that I give a lot of people like their general mission in life is to preach the gospel is to make disciples of all nations we have to have and, and then within our organizations and things that we start our families our personal lives need missions we need goals we need direction you know we need purpose in order to actually accomplish anything and I think mm-hmm. that the church has fallen behind because we've fallen into that, like, oh, like God will just take care of it. And it's like nobody that was successful in, in anything they've done, you know, like look at Mother Teresa, St. Teresa of Calcutta, yep. uh, the early apostles, like, the, like all that they did, like they had intention. They did not just, I don't, I think that sometimes because we read the scripture, you know, we just think that like St. Paul just like went out and just did whatever. Like he just like day to day was just like wandering around. It's like, dude had a strategy, you know, like you can look at his map and like see where he went in the letters. He's talking about, oh, you know, next what's going to happen is like, Timothy's going to come to you or I'm sending this person to that. You know, like he was strategic, like who needs help? Who's going to where? Where are you going after that? Like they did not just, you know, just like say, everybody just go out, like whoever you find, like, yeah, just like preach the gospel. No, like they were planning churches. They recognized that there was persecution. They had to have some organization. And, you know, that's like, that's one of the most Catholic things is people talk about the bad of, of the, like the bad size of church hierarchy, but it's like in order to succeed, in order to like fulfill our mission, we have to be organized. And to be yeah. organized, we also have to have a goal and direction, you know? Yeah. No, it's so true. Like the church has changed through entrepreneurs, through people that are going out and doing right. things. And the greatest saints. Um, so uh, I, uh, in, or I was helping this organization this past summer called Scent Ventures. Um, and right. basically they help Catholic entrepreneurs. Um, you should check them out, whoever's listening great Catholic organization, but, um, but essentially it's based on like the fact that the saints, the greatest saints and people that revolutionized the church, um, and renewed the church throughout the years, they were entrepreneurs. You think that like St. Benedict started in order because like he didn't have plans or dreams. Like, you know, of course, like God blessed that, but like, or mother Teresa, like there's missionaries of charity everywhere around the world. Do you think like one nun could have started that without vision, you know? Right. Um, and so I think it's important because it's, it's a balance, obviously, you know, um, you know, I think mm-hmm. that article, you know, we're mentioning talks about 
the the dangers of competition and um, all of that and like getting too caught up in winning and that kind of stuff. And I think that can be the temptation when you do set, you know, you're a go-getter like you and I are, Nathan, and you know, you set a lot of dreams, goals, and you get too caught up into like, I need to do this, you know? So right. I think it's good that like, it's healthy to set goals, to have vision, um, mission, you know, all of that. But then asking God to come into that. And, you know, it's like plan, but you know, tread lightly, right? Like yep. you have to every day, like surrender your dreams to the Lord and ask him to guide you. Um, because you never want to pursue something just stubbornly based on like what you want. You always have to constantly seek the guidance of the Holy Spirit and ask him to direct your paths. And like, if he wants to bless something, he will. If not, he'll reroute you. So I think that's, I think that's, that's right. the balance you have to tread on as a Catholic who is striving to, to, you know, meet your goals and, um, you know, have vision and stuff like that is just like, it's good to dream, but dream with the Lord, you know, don't dream yes. on your own. Um, so he wants you to do that, you know, and that's not a bad thing. And one thing that I think is really interesting. I don't know if I mentioned this this past week, I did a podcast on dealing with change. I can't remember if I talked about this or not, but I, I did have a conversation about it recently of, it's so oftentimes the people that like get on me and this happened a lot in college and still happens to me to this day of like, well, you know, like, write your, like you're talking about, like write your plans in the sand, like God, you know, or I talk yeah. to people and they're just like, well, I don't, and obviously like people say this and like you and I say this, like who knows like where we'll be at in five years, right? Like, who yeah, knows? who the heck knows? <laughs> we have like an idea of what we'd like. There's things that we hope will happen in that time, right? But yeah. I think there's so many people that are just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm like, what do you want to do? Like, ideally, what would you be doing a year from now, five years from now? I have no idea, you know, like I just, whatever God wants, like I don't even make plans anymore because God just rocks my world. And it's like, okay, like that's a way to do it, you know? But one thing that I find really interesting is that the people who will criticize me sometimes for having a vision or creating goals and plans like that, I watch them when change happens in their like mind, even just in like their daily plan. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know what I mean? When like something comes in, like causes a, throws a curveball or, and it's like an explosion. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, yeah. The individuals who tell me that like you have to be careful with your expectations. Cause I'm like, I deal with the changes much better than you do. And I'm the one that's like criticized for like getting too set and what I think is going to happen. But I think you hit it on the head there when you said dream with God. And that's what I've always felt is I'm like, I feel like when I think about the things that God wants seeking activity, wants me to do, like I feel like he like that's been prayerful. It's not like I'm just off thinking on my own, you know, just yeah what does Nathan Crankford want out of life? You know, I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I feel mm -hmm. like he tells me, and then I try to do it, you know? And then, like, some of that is down the road. He doesn't just tell me what he wants me to do right now, you know? And I think yeah. that he did the same thing with St. Peter. St. Peter might not have fully understood when he was on the show and he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. But it did kind of give him a, you know, a, a general vision of like what his life was going to look like. Now there's a lot of steps that St. Peter could have said, okay, these are the things I need to learn. This is what I need to change. This is what my life is going to look like in order to do that. Mm. You know, but he gave, like, he cast a vision for, for Peter. He was not yeah. a fisherman of men at that time. You know, he was a fisherman. So, like, to give somebody, like, God can do that sometimes to say, like, you know, hey, I mean, look at Moses. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I want you to be the leader of your people to, like, lead your people out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a big, that's not a, a, your next step. There's a thousand next steps that have to come in between that moment and the completion of that vision. But that is like, God can do that. Like God doesn't have to just give us what he wants us to do today. You know, like mm -hmm. he can give us some pretty big things. When, when the angel came to Mary, like, was that just so like, oh, 
tonight you're going to get pregnant. We'll, we'll come back tomorrow and tell you what to do after that. No, like there was a lot of, you know what I mean? Years ahead of like, what's going to happen and what you're going to experience when she, you know, got told about the, the seven uh, wounds to her heart, you know, in the temple, like people, like, like God works through people and through us in our prayers and our dreams to give us a vision for our lives. It doesn't have to just be, Oh, like this is what you're doing today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. No. And I think it's good to recognize like those desires and what you, what you want, you know, cause God places desires on our hearts for a reason. Mm-hmm. And those are good things. Um, so it's like, if you create a vision off that, and then like you said, Nathan, like the day to day, I think the day to day is that surrender of like, God will, God will open the right doors at the right time to be able to enable right. you to take the next steps or to show you, um, if he wants you to veer in a different direction. I think for me, like, you know, anybody when pursuing something is just listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in the, in the sense that like, what does it bring you? Like if something, you know, if you're working towards something and you're anxious and worried and like all these things that like the Holy Spirit is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit, like take that to prayer. If you continue to feel that way, maybe it's not a good thing. Um, you know, or like, you know, if you have peace about something, even if you're working your butt off and like tired and like, whatever else like um kind of how you're talking with seeking excellence nathan like you know it's it's born out of the holy spirit and obviously you feel peace in doing this and you feel confident because you the lord placed a desire on your heart um you know similarly in my life um you know nathan and i got in touch because i have my own ministry called beautiful depths um which is a blog and then podcast and stuff and you know, I'm currently discerning whether I should continue that, um, which has been very difficult for me. Uh, I don't know at the time this episode airs, like, what <laughs> will be? like but <laughs> it's, it's humbling because that is something that I began. I felt born out of prayer, out of the Holy Spirit. Um, but just like everything, there's a time and a season and like, I yep. haven't had about it in a while. And so I have to listen to that and be adaptable. And like, even though, sure, I've had dreams with beautiful depths or I've thought like, oh, this would be great. Like I could do more speaking or like whatever, but like, if God's not giving me that peace, then maybe he's telling me, you know, elsewhere. So it's just like following those promptings, I think are so important into the day to day as we have this like overall, because like, he might bring about that vision in a way that we, we could never imagine. Right. Um, so we, we got to listen to the way he wants to bring it about, not just like what we want, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And so dude, absolutely. So <laughs> one thing you just made me think of is like these two bold prayers that I tell people, you know, when I, when I do get people who care about me that, that will warn me, it's happened, like I said, a lot in college of people just being like, dude, you're doing too much. Like, yeah you're self-promoting or don't get too prideful and it's like dog like i think god wants me to do this you know what i mean like i'm doing things because i think god wants me to do it and i'm not going to stop because you tell me not to two bold prayers that i think always help with that not saying they're 100 percent bulletproof but i think that they're really really good is one the first thing is getting to a place where you like genuinely tell god and this is a hard place to get to and i've learned how difficult it is to get to this place and i think that your story you know, not that, not that you're going to be there every day, Josie, but you yeah. this point at some point in your life, like undoubtedly, which is awesome. And I admire that about you greatly. And I've gotten to see how many, you know, on fire, like highly engaged Catholics are truly not at this place. It's kind of mind blowing, but just getting to the place of telling the Lord, like, I will do literally whatever you want. 
Mm. You know, like my life dream, like the things that I wanted, <laughs> my expectations and desires, like whatever you want, I'm all in. And I'm talking like, not, there's a point in your life, like you prayed that prayer, you might pray that prayer for two years before you actually experience it. Cause mm-hmm. that's what happened to me, right? For yep. me, the biggest thing, I think it was like my junior year of college, the fall of junior year, where I was like discerning priesthood and like really praying about it. Cause everybody kept saying, Oh, have you ever thought about being a priest? Right. Everybody. Cause I went to daily mass and I was a man. So like, if of you course. Do in public, yeah. Like you're supposed to be a priest to a lot of the older ladies that are at daily mass if you're not married yet. And so, uh, you know, I'm like 20, 20 years old. Right. And so I, I'm thinking about this and I finally got to the place where like, it was like my last thing that was like really holding back that I was like, I don't want to do that. And so I like fell in love with it. And I was like, man, like that would actually be really cool. Like, Lord, like whatever you want me to do, I'll do. You know what I mean? Like if you want me to be a trash man, if you want me to be a postman, if you want me to be in the army for 20 years, like whatever you want me to, I love you so much, man. That like whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll do it forever, you know? Or as long as you tell me to. And there's a beautiful prayer that, you know, Father Brian, our chaplain at Mount St. Mary's used to pray something like that. You know, Lord, I want to do what you, what you ask in the way that you ask, when you ask, because you ask it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. and there's so much power to that. And when you get to that point, there's a freedom that allows you to dream and hope because you know that no matter what, when you get the curveball or you get the shift or when you get the adversity, whatever, like, it's like, okay, you know, like, you want me to go do something else? I'll go do something. Like, you literally don't care. You know, like, yeah. in the most virtuous way possible, you are apathetic to the results of something because you care so much or because you, like, because you can, like, release that because you've given so much to the Lord and you've given him control. Yeah. A soldier who can show up to work each day, you know what I mean? And say, like, oh, we've been working on this project for three years and now, you know, you're, you're scratching that? Roger that, you know, like, let's go do something else. And then the other thing, the second prayer, and this kind of leads into going back into some of the identity stuff is, and it, it kind of ties along in with that. It's just like, I'm like, Lord, if you don't want Seeking Excellence to be what, it, what, what I think you are calling it to be, let it, let it fail. Yes. You don't want the yeah. event to be successful, but I'm not supposed to do this. And that's what I used to pray in college when people be like, oh, you're sending all these speaking events, you're making it about you. I'm like, Lord, if you don't want people, like, if you don't want me to do this, like, don't bring anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just like have nobody come. I will, I will take that sign and I will say, okay, you know what I mean? I misread the situation. I was being prideful. I'll repent if I need to, you know, and say, Lord, like, I'm sorry for doing that. I, I, I misread your guidance. You know that my heart was in the right place. I'm genuinely trying to do your will. I'm willing to do whatever you want. And if you don't want me to do something, like, just let it, let it fail. Like, let it fail miserably. Like, let me know through this. Like, don't give me like a half, you know what I'm saying? Like, a half success. Yeah. Like, just completely crash it down. And so I think that that's another good way to kind of tell, you know, am I really open to what the Lord's calling me to? And that, that kind of goes back to the identity stuff that you hit on earlier. And one thing that I think is, is really powerful in that, and I think that you experience, and it's hard to experience this, uh, you know, when you have the perfectionist, you're competitive, but there's like a certain, you can feel it when there's a certain piece of when you had to leave tennis, or maybe when you lost in tennis. I remember for me, when it was confirmed for me, where my identity was really solid in the Lord, was when I failed I mean, I was failing push-ups to get into ranger school. You know what yeah. I mean? Push-ups on an RPFT, a ranger physical fitness test, three times. Like, I had max push-ups for the last five years. And so this is my, like, ultimate, like, Lord, if you don't want me to do it, if I read it wrong, like, let it fail. And yeah. Was, like, I mean, this is something, like, my literally my biggest strength in the PT test. <laughs> I failed three times in a row. Wow. Two PT tests in a row. And I just, like, I couldn't understand it. Nobody around yeah. me could understand it. Like, nobody got it, right? Like, I just, it was incomprehensible. But I was like, I was like, I went back home and it super sucked. And it's just like, yeah, you know, like maybe I'm supposed to endure the next, 
year or whatever it might be as a, you know, Ranger tablist infantry platoon leader, which is a horrible <laughs> way to experience the army. But I'm yeah. like, that's what God wants me to do. Maybe I've got lessons to learn in that. And I was okay. Like I was genuinely okay with it. Like mm-hmm. I went back and just started living my life again and took it back to prayer. and was just like, all right, Lord, like that sucks, but what, what am I going to do? You know, like, let's, let's keep moving on. But what have you yeah. ever experienced that? You know, like that, like, did you ever have a moment like that or something that kind of really, maybe it was when you left tennis or something that kind of like really let you know that your identity was solidified in, in God? Yeah. Gosh. Uh, everything you just said, I just, have so many strong feelings about (laughs) um, just about control surrender um, all of that so I'll kind of take you back to like sophomore year of college Um, I think I really realized that I had some identity issues in the sense that like I saw myself as a you know elite tennis player and like I valued what people thought of me and like winning too much so my freshman Mm. year I had like a really great year. I came in as a freshman, played line two on my team. Um, we were like ranked one in the nation. So um, I ended up getting, as a freshman, I got to the semifinals of the NCAA um, individual. Um, yeah. yeah. So story. like I, I, I was, yeah, I was one so match away from like going to the U S open because the finalists right. get to like play in the U S open. So anyway, so I had a, as a freshman. phenomenal freshman year. Yeah. Um, but then being the competitive person that I am, I'm like, okay, coming back, you know, sophomore year, I want to be better, like want to, you know, Absolutely. do this, this, and this, set all these dreams and goals. Um, well, I just like sucked it up to the max. Um, <laughs> like literally went from playing. Hashtag like, did not crush it. Yeah. <laughs> no, hashtag de- defini- definition of not crushing it. Um, but like went from playing line two to line five, went from wow. being ranked like three in the nation to being completely unranked. Um, just very, very humbling. And a lot of it had to do with like, I put just so much pressure on myself and just, you know, put so much emphasis on winning that I didn't perform well. And every athlete knows like pressure is a good thing, but you have to learn to manage it in the right way, right, like healthy absolutely. pressure to enable you to perform. Um, but after that year, I'll never forget. I, um, I kind of had sat down and had a talk with myself and with Jesus and was like, Lord, like, what if I never play well again? Like, what if I never reach that level again? And mm-hmm. I was like, I'll be okay. You know, I have right. you, like I'm, nobody's going to die and, and it's going to be fine. And so like making that recognition that like, you know, life isn't about this and that like my identity is not rooted in that. And I just realized, and not that, you know, of course I said like, Oh, my identity is in the Lord, like blah, blah, blah. Like I said this stuff, but like, I wasn't truly believing it because you have to, you can say as much as you want, but until you're rooting yourself in prayer every day, until you allow the Lord to tell you who you are, you're not going to believe it. So I, I really forced me to grow deeper in my prayer life and really embrace that. Um, but I think in kind of what you were saying in that like releasing control after that summer, I remember like going into junior year, junior year was when we won our national championship. And I'll never forget, like, you know, my mentality was just different in the sense that like win or lose, I knew that it wasn't on me. Like I'm going to give everything I have, but like God's will be done. Kind of like how you were talking about 
you know, was seeking excellence or was speaking like, God, if this isn't your will, like allow me to fail. Um, and now with tennis, I was like, well, well, God, like, you know, I'm going to give my best, but like, whatever the outcome, it's your will. It's your so, like, world. Accept- yeah. 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 So like accepting it more right. is coming from him rather than like, I need to control everything. Um, and even now, like, you know, I have, this isn't like life as an athlete, but in being in ministry is so humbling because like, Mm. I, a lot of times like want to control things in the sense that like, I, I want these kids to react a certain way, or I want these young adults to like all be on fire and like want to come to things and like, and like, but you can't control what people feel or how they react. Like all you can do is like, do what the Lord's putting on your heart and it's his ministry, not mine. And so Mm -hmm. it's like just releasing that control and that daily surrender to the point where it's like, whatever happens, I'm going to accept with joy as gift. Like, even if it's totally different than what I imagine, like all I can control is what I bring to the table. Um, yeah, I, my favorite line is just like, I used to tell myself this on the tennis court. Um, just, and I still tell myself now is like, control the controllables that's all you can that's do right. yep. it doesn't do any good to throw a temper tantrum um if you miss a forehand into the net you know so it's like control yeah. what you can so that's amazing yeah it, and it's 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 something that's like you said it's really hard to get to and there's usually a hard lesson that like proves that to you you know like you have to have a really humbling experience be bad at something yeah. that you're really good at and it's it's tough to want that and to go through that with the, the right mindset that will allow you to actually get the wisdom from the experience mm-hmm. you know to like really extract that wisdom is is a tough it's a tough thing to do you know it's a tough thing to want it's a tough thing to yeah just kind of put yourself through that but it's so valuable because you're like freed up it doesn't mean it's going to last forever but like for it could for the rest of your life like free you up to not have to worry about the outcome and i think we could do a whole other podcast on how oh you're like semi-psychotic about giving your all um <laughs> i am i am yeah, that'll yeah. be that'll be uh, the next episode <laughs> i think your blog's coming out tomorrow if i'm not mistaken so it already have been released so i hope people Perfect. will go on and check that out because that it's one of my favorite blogs ever in, in keeping with what i said earlier about you being good at everything you're a great writer and so i'm very excited for that blog to come out i remember reading it and i was just like pumped up at the end. I was like, when I sent it to you, I was like, is this too much? Maybe it's too much, but whatever. <laughs> no, this is the place to give your too much. No, for sure. So we are, we are always supportive of the too much, the very challenging yeah. uh, content. So that's great. Uh, one, the last thing I want to talk about, Josie, is going back to the article. Where I mm-hmm. think the article at the heart of it, if I could debate the, the author, what I think the article got wrong is that what we're called to do as Christians is to reframe our approach to winning and what winning at life looks like. Mm-hmm. And so when I was in high school and I was very worldly and secular, like winning in life might've looked like how many girls can you hook up with this week? How many yeah. times smoke weed this week? How much can I drink? You know, like that's what winning looked like. Then it transitioned into like, oh, like, you know, leading my Bible study guys, like you made it to the chapel every day this week. That's a big win. Yeah. Oh, like today now it might be, oh, I, I like saved up. I was disciplined with my budget and I saved up money to get a new tattoo that's a big win. Oh, you eliminated all your debt. That's a big win. Oh, you made it to the gym five times this week. That's a big win. You PR'd on your mile time, even if it was nine minutes. You know what I mean? That's a big yeah. win. CrossFit's great at that. CrossFit, it, it celebrates your personal records. You know what I mean? Like your, the, the records that you break of your own, you know, your own personal best. And sure, there's competitions and stuff as well, because competition helps you drive that yeah. every day. Like 
it helps us to be better and to push ourselves more. Um, but I think that there's so much value to that of like, what does winning look like to me? And then also what it does, what's, what's transition and what he's talking about, you know, is how do, what we've talked about a lot is how do I accept when I lose? Mm. You know, when I don't win, when I didn't, you know, when I gave my best and I failed, like mm-hmm. the world will tell you that you're a failure. The world will cast you aside and say that you're not worth anything. That's not what we believe. That's not how we're supposed to treat each other when we lose. That's not how we're supposed to mm-hmm. treat ourselves when we lose, you know, like we're supposed to return and, and, and bounce back and like our identity, like we almost shouldn't change, you know what I mean? When we lose, as long as we gave our all, that should be our mm-hmm. only regret is not giving our best. But yeah, I think what, what, is, what are some of the things in your life now that like you're trying to win at or like what you consider winning in, in the life of, of Josie Coleman? Yeah. Um, I first just want to say like win or lose, like all of our actions should glorify the Lord, you know? Um, yeah. So I think that, you know, how the world says like, oh, loss is a failure. Like, no, mm-hmm. if you're giving your best, like that is you glorifying the Lord. So um, yeah, first off, just saying that. But like, as far as like winning in life, you know, it goes back to those goals. Our goal is to, to get to heaven, to be a saint because everybody in heaven's a saint. So striving for sainthood and like, what does that mean in our day-to-day lives? Um, Well, for me, like God's given me gifts. Like I have to use them to the best of my ability. Like, I don't want to be the guy that God gives a talent and I just go bury it in the sand, you know? Um, Like I want to maximize that, that thing. Um, So for me, it's like in my job, like doing everything I can to, to serve those around me, um, to minister to the the women here, the men and, you know, the youth, um, you know, on, in, you know, just personal fitness, like keeping, you know, keeping myself healthy and in shape, like eating right. Um, right. you know, and then most importantly, like in prayer, uh, like what am I doing for my own salvation every day? Like if I can be focused on helping others as much as I want, but if I'm not focusing inward on myself, like how am I growing, um, spiritually, how am I relationship and um for me right now a big thing has been like uh, just being very disciplined about my prayer um and making sure once a day with jesus um especially being like in ministry like because i'm pouring myself out so much like i can't do that authentically unless i first <laughs> allow jesus to fill me up um, absolutely and, yeah it's i mean you feel it nathan like yeah it's, it's a lot. And so, um, and it's very, we realize that like, this is Jesus, not us, you know, cause we can't do this on our own. Um, so like winning at life. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a daily, like dying to self in the sense that like, I have to do what I got to do to, um, to grow closer to Lord and to live in that relationship with him. Um, and sometimes, yeah, it means not doing things I would rather not do you know like I don't always feel right. like I want to go to mass or pray you know but those are the most important things and I know what needs to get done so it's like keeping my goals my long-term goals like every day reminded like my home is not here um that's that's what winning is for me so right which is so awesome and that 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 discipline that you've trained to do what you don't feel like doing like a lot of that comes from winning and other things yeah. you know like and it's the mindset of excellence, you know, and just pursuing that. And it's okay as a Christian to feel good about that. Like you've done the things yeah. you're supposed to do. Like you've done your duty. Like, I don't think that when you get to the end, you hear, and God willing, we hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, that we're not supposed to like 
celebrate and feel good about that. You know what I mean? Like God wants us to feel good. He wants us to feel affirmed and loved. And that's okay. Like we're also supposed to repent and feel, you know, regret and guilt for our sin. But that has to be balanced with the fact that like when you are doing good, you know, it doesn't mean you do good for the sake of feeling good, but it's okay yeah. to have a byproduct of, of feeling, you know, like you're, in, you're walking in the, you know, the path that the Lord has laid out before you. There's mm-hmm. so much value to that. So yeah, I think yeah. it's huge. I think it's really, really big. And so, yeah. So awesome, Josie. So thank you so much for today. I think last thing we should recommend people, since we were talking about it earlier, it feels like the Spirit's leading me to encourage people to check out one of our combined favorite books that we yes. talked about earlier. He Leadeth Me by Father Walter Chizek. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Father Walter Chizek, uh, He Leadeth Me. Just a baller book. You want to talk about winning and just like the, the, the release of who cares what it looks like. I'll do whatever you want, Lord. Like yeah. baller, baller, saint level stuff of just like all in commitment, what that looks like. And so we were talking about that earlier because we both love that book and how much it's challenged us to be better, be better Catholics, be a better man, be a better woman. And so we highly recommend you guys check that out. And you can check out Josie's blog on Seeking Excellence by the time this comes out at thosewhoseek.org. You can check out our blog, our other content. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Seeking365. We recommend, obviously, you subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. Uh, But Josie, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. I know that we'll do more. This is our second all-time podcast recording uh, that we've done together. So I know we have more to come down the road. And uh, I definitely look forward to it. No, thanks, Nathan. It's always fun fun chatting with you and feel like we could always do it for hours. So it's great to <laughs> record some of it, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we're just recording our morning coffee conversations. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Amazing. But, well, thank you so yeah. much. No, thank you.